solve a mystery Running from creepers makes me hungry Set a trap, don't have a heart attack We've got a van full of Scooby snacks Freddy, Daphne, Velma, and Shaggy too Here it what's with you Scooby-Doo What's with you Scooby-Doo Oh, hello, and welcome back to another episode of What's With You, Scooby-Doo. That's right, we're back once again with a super fun episode. Grace Fossler joins me to chat about a great episode of Mystery Incorporated, one that I previously talked about, which is the last episode, fascinatingly enough. I don't know why I had to tell you that. You're never going to hear it. So now I just leave you without something? Great move, Nick. Great move. We talk about a lot of things in this episode. Uh, we, uh, we cover everything from the Lion King to uh, talk about witches and such. Uh, ska comes up frequently, as you can tell if you've watched this episode. Which, uh, I don't know. The ska in this and the ska that I grew up listening to and that we talk about, there's like ska ska, which came from like a British thing. And uh, then there was punk ska, which is what we talk about. So bands like Real Big Fish and uh, Less Than Jake and stuff like that. Dutch angles comes up. Uh, if you don't know what a Dutch angle is, that's when the camera is tilted to give you a sense of unease. Used frequently in shows like American Horror Story, 60s Batman, and noir films. In addition, I also uh, bring up one of my favorite pop culture references of all time, which is the St. Elsewhere flowchart, which is the flowchart that proves that all of television takes place in the mind of the kid from St. Elsewhere. Check it out. It's a really fascinating flowchart. Uh, I'll probably I'll try and put a link in the episode description. Um, so if you check out what's with you, scooby-doo.com, the link will be there. I think that's everything, man. Guys, it is an honor to bring this podcast to you, and I'm so glad that you listen. So from me to you, to the podcast, let's do this. Yeah, they like plant people and kill children. That's that's not, I'm not surprised. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I'm just really cynical, apparently. Everyone else is like, so we're not going to start with that. What's with you, Scooby-Doo? <laughs> today, <laughs> today in the Scoobio, I have Grace Fast and Furious Fossler. Yes. All right, great. Hello. I like it. <laughs> that was the first, well, I mean, Fantastics would be an easy one as well, but Fast and Furious, like that's and a good furious. one. All right, great. You can, live on, you can live drifting. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I can. Tokyo style. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, well, welcome. Thank uh, you. Welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to be here. You are, uh, I mean, I'm not entirely sure how much that conversation is going to stay in, but you, <laughs> you kind of profess that you're not necessarily a, a pop culture person. No. I mean, I'm aware. I do. My my one pop culture thing, my, I, I, so I really like fandom. Okay. And I don't like to admit that I like fandom because I find it very exclusive. Sure. I'm not into like 
Doctor Who fandom. I watch Doctor <laughs> Who. That's just the one that makes me feel really left out because I'm not into Doctor Who or Game of Thrones. But I, I know my Scooby-Doo. Right on. Okay. I so, know my Scooby-Doo fandom. <laughs> so we usually start off with a little history lesson, yeah. a little getting to know you. How did you come to our Lord and Savior Scooby-Doo? I just always watched it. Um, Cartoon Network always had the old reruns, mm. the original reruns, and I grew up on that. And then when I was in New York with my family, we rented the very scary... Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. <laughs> and I was with people I didn't know, really trying to pull myself together <laughs> because I was terrified of zombies and cat people. And there are both of those in oh, yeah. Spoiler I alert. Just, a spoiler alert. I, I just couldn't... I couldn't pretend, I couldn't be scared. I had to really tough it out. And then they just started releasing those movies. Uh, I watched Scooby-Doo and the Ghoul School. Naturally. Personal favorite, personal favorite. Uh, I was babysitting a kid and I was like, do you want to watch Scooby-Doo and the Ghoul School? <laughs> how about you just watch this? How, how was the kid? Was the kid into it? He was cool, he was cool. All right, He was sweet. a cool kid. Um, <laughs> But yeah, as far as kids go, as far as kids go, not a bad as, one. As far as four year old boys, he was pretty, he was pretty chill. Um, but yeah, I just started. I always grew up with it. I had this weird flat pillow of Scooby Doo. It was I don't really know what it was. Like kind of body pillow. It was kind of like a body pillow, except it was shaped like Scooby Doo, which is not conducive <laughs> to the human form. I think my cat slept on it a lot. Um, That's like one of those anime pillows that yeah, people buy, the, but Scooby Doo. Yeah, I don't know who got it for me or who knew that I would later as an adult be really into Scooby Doo. Uh, when I was nannying, I used to be a full time nanny, and I had these two twin girls. They're toddlers, and we watched uh, Scooby Doo Mystery Incorporated from start to finish. Nice. Like every day, every day we come home. Watch Scooby-Doo. Like, I want to watch the dog show. I want to watch the spooky show. That's uh, All of that's amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's we just, were into that's it. Some, you, you actually have experiences with cool kids. Oh, yeah. oh, I love my kids. I love my children that I work with. <laughs> most of the time. All of my children that I have birthed <laughs> my spiritually. Many, my many children. <laughs> but, yeah, I, uh, I'm into Scooby-Doo. I have a student right now uh, who's really into Scooby-Doo as well. I can't wait to tell him about this. Uh, he He's going to like it. He's going to be excited about it. All right. He watches a lot of it, too. Very excited. We've discussed. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm excited. I love Scooby-Doo. What do the the kids that you you bring into this fold, I mean, like, do most of them, like, know of it or do they know it? And then once you get into it, like, what happens? Like, what's the, what's the, like, process that, what is that road? So my, the kid that I watched the ghoul school with, I think he must have known. Mm. Because I wasn't his full-time babysitter, but I think he rented a They lived near Jet Video. <laughs> so they would rent a lot of DVDs, uh, which was the first time I'd been in a place to rent DVDs in about 10 years. This is very strange. Um, but he, I think he must have been exposed to it before from his parents. Um, they kind of liked older things like that. Yeah, it happens so Yeah. And then my my little girls, I don't think they had. I think they had were too young to have been exposed to it. Mm. Just it wasn't really. They didn't really watch cable. They watched Netflix. Right. So and the only incarnation of Scooby Doo on Netflix was the Mystery Incorporated. Yeah. At the time. So and then my student right now, I think he likes older things. He like grew up. He's grown up with Star Wars, and he's grown up with. Horror movies, which is a whole other issue for him. Um, but he really, he loves Harry Potter and Star Wars and just really 
classic or becoming classic media. Interesting. And he has older siblings. That's also a weird thing to think of Harry Potter as an old thing. I know. Like, oh. like I remember I was 11 when that book came out. Yeah. And, you know, the whole thing was being 11 and getting that letter. Oh, yeah. And I, I devoured every single one of those books. Oh, yeah. It came out when I was, like, <laughs> seven, I think. And I wasn't into it. I didn't get it. It wasn't until I was an adult where I really thought it was cool. And now I'm, like, we're reading it and read aloud right now in school. And I'm like, so, guys, what's your Harry Potter house? What do you think it is? Who do you think you are? And some of my older students were taking the test. <laughs> Pottermore, like, doing that. So what are you? I'm a Hufflepuff. Uh, Slytherin. It's very clear that I'm a Hufflepuff. <laughs> I, I, the people who, uh, who compare what house you're in to uh, astrology, I'm like, come on. This is way more fun. Yeah. <laughs> like there's dragons and shit in this yeah, one. Yeah, I kind of, I mean, I am into witchcraft and shit, but astrology is really Ooh. hard. Astrology is yeah. hard. Uh, but uh, Harry Potter House is pretty straightforward. Yep. It's nuanced. Are you hard working? Yeah. Are you kind of a dick? I, <laughs> are you I, kind of a ditz? Are you, are you just, are you, do you have a dairy intolerance? <laughs> <laughs> are you afraid of ghosts? <laughs> Wait, durian like durian candy? No Are dairy. You, oh. <laughs> Haven't you seen that YouTube video where I'm a Hufflepuff? I'm sensitive to dairy. <laughs> all right. It's it's pretty accurate. Makes sense. Yeah. All right, all right. I'm a Slytherin. I like uh uh meat. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure what a Slytherin diet consists of. I, I was reading a, an article, it was why your Slytherin friend is great, and I, I was comparing, I was thinking about my Slytherin friends, it's like, they are really supportive of me hating other people, and really, <laughs> really, if I hate someone, they hate someone. Hey, do you need someone to to bask in your negativity? Yes. Make friends with a Slytherin. Yeah, and I mean, sometimes that's nice. Sure. Some, I mean, mostly I'm like, oh, just we don't have to be mean about it. But. Well, that's a great person to have around when you have a breakup, right? Oh, yeah, Cause great. Because like, you have that, like, fuck that guy. Oh, yeah. my One of my Slytherin friends is away, and I wish she had been here for my last breakup. <laughs> she would have she just been like, let's go fuck shit up. <laughs> let's, just, let's just see where this will take, this anger will take us. Yeah, no reason to make this, uh, no reason to make this amicable right now. Yeah. Let's have fun. Yeah. No, they're great. Uh, Slytherin, I see, and I... I was like, we were talking in school about Slytherins, and I was like, they're fine, they're sneaky. One of my kids who <laughs> makes weird comments under his breath, I was like, you're a Slytherin, and I'm a Slytherin. And he goes, I'm a Gryffindor. I was like, no, you're not, but it's fine. I'll let you say whatever you want. I'm not going to fight with you, but you're a Slytherin. <laughs> it's also not defined by a time of year, it's defined by your behavior. Yeah. Which is interesting as well. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like uh, whatever the the Myers Briggs. Yeah, test. The per- definitely. I would really like to see the Myers Briggs personalities broken down into Harry Potter houses. <laughs> I think that'd be fantastic. <laughs> I would like that. All right. Yeah. So, you wanted to watch Mystery Incorporated? I did. Specifically, something with the Hex Girls. Yes, I love the Hex Girls. Fantastic. Love I'm it. a I'm a huge fan personally. I Witch's Ghost, Scooby Doo, Witch's Ghost was fantastic. Earth, Wind, Fire, and Air. Yep. Which, we look good, and we don't care. And the thing that I find weird is wind and air are the same element, so why didn't they use water? Couldn't fit in the scan. I mean, it doesn't, but I was when I listened, I really recently on Halloween, driving to a Halloween party, I... You have your we, Hex Girls mix? Oh, yeah. 
I made my friend in the car listen to Scooby-Doo songs with me <laughs> as we were driving. And I was listening to it and just thought, yeah, those aren't the four elements. That's just different ways of saying air. So that's fine. But if we're going to be technical about it. It, it works. No, you don't you don't notice it the first uh, 10 listens. I mean, you probably don't notice it unless you're like into that. Because I am, I'm like, wait a minute! I just, I just did my salt circle the other day to cast a spell, and this was not. There was not wind and air; they were the same. So I was a little, little irritated. But you know, I can, you know, they had to make that. It wouldn't have worked. It doesn't water, earth, wind, fire, and water doesn't match with anything else in the phrase. It's just nope. musically, it wasn't there. Yeah, they did their best. They made it work. They tried. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to watch uh, The Dance of the Undead from oh, season two of Mystery Incorporated. Oh, I think this is the one where they do ska. Oh, yeah. We're going to have a big talk oh, about ska. I love ska. <laughs> that really solidified my like and interest of ska. Interesting. I, I watched it while I was knitting and I was like, oh, I love this. <laughs> I think I, for three weeks I listened to a real big fish Pandora station after that. So. <laughs> Alrighty then. Well, Dance of the Undead season two of Mystery Incorporated. Let's do this. Some say it was caused by listening to cursed and evil music. Talking animals are something weird too. Well, the, with the with the gangs, with the mystery incorporated through the ages, it's like something to do with how there's always an uh, like a mascot. Yeah, there's always two men, two women, and a mascot, and they all fulfill that same role. It's just too weird. Yep. <laughs> But it's one of the. It's also one of those things that like everybody wanted to do for years because I feel like that was in the zeitgeist of like, oh, we always want to like point out that it's the dog and the two girls and the two dudes, and there were seventy five other shows that did that. Oh yeah, I think they did a crossover episode with that with Jabberjaw. Yeah, and a bunch of I, I think uh, the little the little talking car. I think was uh, dune buggy. Yep, and the goat. <laughs> The, the ghost man, the little weird ghost. The funky phantom, yeah. don't you know? Yeah, he was there. They did a whole episode of that, and I was, a lot of it was lost on me, but I understood the references to a point. Sure, Captain Caveman. Yep, yep. That was a weird, good throwback. There was another one, there was another show that uh, was way more directly related, where it was, well, there was Fang Face, which was also a dog, but then there was Goober and the Ghost Chasers. That sounds like a very bad ripoff. And it was was and it, I think it was literally like two girls, two boys, and a dog that for some odd reason not only talked but could turn invisible when he got scared. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, that seems like those <laughs> Netflix movies of Disney <laughs> that are just instead of Frozen, it's like super cold. Ice princess. <laughs> Ice princess. <laughs> Tangled. It's just long hair. <laughs> yeah. All the, how do you make that off-brand stuff so that yeah. you don't get sued? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> and it can go to Netflix. <clears throat> 
we have the Netflix version of that. Yes. And now that now that uh, Disney is making their own streaming network and like pulling it from yep. everything else, it'll be funny to see how many like off-brand things yep, Netflix yep. can make to try and just like not only like compete, but just to be like, screw you, we're doing our version. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. A really updated version of Cinderella. That's like the kids who couldn't buy uh like Captain Crunch, they had to buy like, you know, like sweet treats or like whatever the version was. My Nana does that. (laughs) She can afford to buy brand name items, but she buys like Dr. Thunder, uh, Mountain Lion instead of Mountain Dew. Um, Oh, Dr. Thunder's my favorite. Uh, It's a personal favorite. I really like that. You don't get Disney princesses. You get Netflix princesses, (laughs) Susan. And you drink it with your Dr. Thunder. <laughs> and your your cocoa ruse, which is what they serve at school. Cocoa ruse. But, but the other thing is that like Hanna-Barbera was making these cartoons. Like all of these off-brand Scooby-Doo's were made by yep. the same company. How can we how can we just keep running with this? It's yep. just like the Flintstones and the Jetsons are the opposite. We need to recapture that magic in a bottle. Yep, yep, yep. 75 times. Exactly. I mean, it never gets old. <laughs> You only have, I mean, they only had four channels. They had to have something. There's, how many How many versions of this formula can we watch? We can't play Scooby-Doo right after we played Scooby-Doo. So let's play the exact same thing, but under a different name. And now there's a shark. Genius. <laughs> I never got into that. Jabberjohn? It, it was on, because mm. on, the, on the Boomerang Network, was where I watched a lot of Scooby-Doo. But I... I pretty much watched Scooby-Doo and called it a day. <laughs> there was also a, a weird Godzilla show where Godzilla was good, but also had like a goofy nephew, I think, called Gadzuki. That's stupid. Who <laughs> flew and like would like was, help these teenagers. Was that a, was that a Scooby Scrappy-Doo situation? <laughs> I think so, yeah. They were like, we need to make this more friendly. We, Gadzuki. He has a nephew, not a son, a nephew. It's always like, yeah, because there can never be direct lineage because nobody yeah. can be asking those questions. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yep. The, but the mother, the mother or the father of the child is never addressed. He's just some... He's a nephew. You don't have to worry about it. We don't want to get into the stork conversation. Yeah, yeah. No, it's true. Especially with dogs. Uh, <laughs> I feel like that's the easiest one to get at. You can see that literally anywhere. It's true. My, yep, my dog has to wear a special harness at daycare because of that. It's very embarrassing. You have a very horny dog. I do, and he runs like Scooby-Doo. He like, does the weird like crossing legs like look like they're rotating out of their socket when he's excited. He scrambles across the floor like an idiot. Perfect. He's great. He's perfect. He's just a buffoon. Which I I recall correctly, your your dog was dressed as beast. Yes, we were beating the beast for Halloween. <laughs> couple's costume. Perfect. Uh, yeah, it was a, it was a perfect couple's costume. He uh he did a good job. It was cold. We had lo- it was just after that big storm, so we had lost power. So our house was cold. We'd just gotten power back. So he was pretty willing to wear the costume. He got to have that jacket yeah. and like a little well, furry he beard. Have it. He's a pit bull, his short hair. So he was Pretty willing. <laughs> Pretty willing. He had his little like lion mane on. It was adorable. And we were we were we got a lot of attention. You guys, uh, you should repurpose the mane, and next year you can go as Simba and Nala. Oh my god! Yes, I'm, I yes. Yep, there it is. <laughs> and every time you walk into a room, you just have a you have on your phone just ready to go. 
Yeah, I gotta pick him up. I'm just gonna carry him around. I'm gonna throw out my back, carry my 70 pound pit bull there. From the day. <laughs> he'd love it. He loves. He'd love that. He's great. But I see. I wanna. I wanna train him. I want. He's not very well trained. But if I can train him well enough. I could bring him to princess parties as Genius. the beast, but he's he's just kind of like he'd run in the room and like get nervous and pee on the floor, <laughs> or eat everything. What every parent who's hiring a princess party yeah, wants. Yeah, it's like I'm paying a hundred dollars for this. I hope a dog pees on my floor. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we watched uh, uh, Dance of the Undead. Yep. This episode uh, opens with a typical cold opening where. Uh, we are introduced to a dead band whose plane crashed, tale as old as time, mm-hmm. uh, into a swamp. And it was a ska band mm. by the incredibly on-the-nose name of Rude Boy and the Ska-tastics. <laughs> so, if you're wondering what kind of music... Like, that would be... That's one of the... That's like a who's on first kind of joke of yep. somebody like, oh, I'm listening to Rude Boy and the Ska-tastics. Oh, what kind of music are they? Yep, yep. Yeah, I mean, in case you just figure it out, you can figure it out. I just uh, can't. Even, I can't even think of a similar similar name. I can't even come up with a name that is comparable. Yeah, what? Uh, uh, power chord and the rock trio, yeah, <laughs> like that, you know, that would be it. It'd be something you. It's it's a, something you put in a children's TV show. <laughs> uh, I do know that Bob Seger's saxophone player's name was Alto Reed. Was that a chosen name? I, d- I don't know if it's real or not. Like, I if he, if like, stage name. That. Isn't that a good one? I love that so much. I'd like to think Reed was the real last name, and then he was just like, man, I'm changing my name to Alto. Yeah, yeah. I mean, or they named him Alto. You and then he I just, oh, he had to play guitar. You shall be the one. It's, that's <laughs> not, it's like that Seinfeld joke where he says, if you name your kid Jeeves, you're setting them up to be a butler. <laughs> the, you, that's your destiny. It's true. You're just setting your kid up to be a butler. <laughs> I'm watching Seinfeld from start to finish on Hulu right now. So. Oh, nice. And Golden Girls. <laughs> okay. Alter- alternating. Interesting combo. <laughs> Keeping it fresh. I'm watching Forensic Files Ooh. and uh, no, I'm not really. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm I'm through. I'm going into the new Twin Peaks right now. All right. Which is interesting, and I finally started True Detective. Okay, which I've never that. seen. I yeah. just watched Mind Hunter. Right. It's very good. Is it? Very, very good. Watched it in like three days. With that very charismatic, mustachioed serial killer, correct? Uh, one of them. There's, a, there's like four serial killers. They do a lot of profiling. But there's the bigger one. Oh, yeah. He's Ed Kemper. Yes. He is, he was, I, I did not know. These murders were before the profiling started, so it really wasn't kind of in the no vocabulary of serial killer culture. Right. Obviously I'm into it because I'm a psycho. Pre-John Wayne <gasps> um, Gacy. Yeah, pre-Manson uh, had just happened. Really? Yeah, where okay. it starts, they start with uh, Manson talking about Manson, <laughs> but um, as a kind of like a jumping off point, and then it goes in the conversation of are people born bad or they become bad, hmm. um, which is really interesting to me. But it's very good. Very, very good. I was reading an article the other day that Ed Kemper, uh, he was famous at the time, not for killing people, but because he did like 600 or something audiobooks for blind people. That's, he, oh, wow. And he had like fans. Wow. Like there was a, there was a blind couple 
who like bonded somehow and like <laughs> became a couple over listening to his audiobooks. It's that's oh that's so fascinating. And, I wow. Right? That's weird. I do you ever listen to Love and Radio? No. It's another podcast and they, it's it's great, but they did this whole episode about this man who was really into serial killer culture and he's like, "Yeah, I was pen pals with Charlie Manson." And we, but we couldn't talk about certain things. Yeah. Because the, the letters are so heavily screened, they would just talk about, like, cars. Is he the guy who also owns several of John Wayne Gacy's paintings? Uh, he did. Yeah, he does. I know there's a couple people who do, mm. but he, describing his house, sounded just terrifying. <laughs> he's just, he's, his wife, she doesn't seem to be bothered yeah. by it. I don't think they have children. Somehow creepier than uh, 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 H.R. Giger's house. <laughs> I, I, I'm not really, I mean, I like weird stuff. I have a creepy doll collection, but I'm also <laughs> not about to hang letters from Charles Manson in my room. I don't have any. I have standards when it comes guess, to creeping. Did I think that, did I have a thought last week where I thought maybe I could write a nice letter to Charles Manson? B- and what, my, before he was dead? And then, I, then he died. And my friend was like, why would you write him a nice letter? And I said, would he respond to a mean letter? Probably. I mean, he just probably got tons of mean letters. I was like, you know, I hope you're having a great stay. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you're having a nice evening. I hope that your dinner is bearable. Yeah, I just, I'm I'm thinking of you. I (laughs) I just saw a great portrayal of you on American Horror Story. Who is Charles Manson? I, who, wa- who was? <laughs> Nobody. No, he's, yeah, I, uh, but yeah, it's a Mindhunter's great. They started with that. It was a okay. good jumping off point. All right. I'm excited for season two. Excellent. Probably gets weirder. I'm sure at some point. Oh, it got weird. <laughs> I'll have to get into that one once, once I finally finish uh, season one of True Detective yes, yes, with you gotta Matt McConaughey. One, I love Matt McConaughey. Love Matt McConaughey. <laughs> Love David Duchovny, love Matthew McConaughey, love Ted Danson. There's no, there's no order of the universe you gotta see right now. <laughs> Time is a flat circle. <laughs> it's just that's just who he is. <laughs> yeah, like I wonder because he, he he's now that he now that we're in what maybe we're not in peak reconnaissance like the reconnaissance happened, mm. but like we're still kind of feeling the effects of the reconnaissance. He's at a point where he can do whatever he wants. And I just wonder like what what does that do to you as a person? Like once you start going from like just doing rom-coms with Kate Hudson to like doing these Be like winning an Oscar. <laughs> yeah, and these deep roles, like does that mess with your psyche or are you always just the same person no matter what? Are you still taking acid and playing bongos naked like in your living room? He doesn't care. He right? seems. I just watched uh, the documentary of Jim and Andy on. Okay. Um, oh, the, and, uh, on Jim Carrey making Andy the Andy Kaufman movie Man on the Moon. Yes, which I haven't seen, but it was so interesting because he he's a brilliant actor, and this this movie solidified my thoughts of Jim Carrey being the best actor of all time. Hmm. But he just doesn't care. Yeah, and I feel like Matthew McConaughey is just the same way. Yeah, they they have different types of edge to them. Yeah. But I, I feel they both have achieved some level of spirituality where they don't give a fuck. Yeah. They're just going to do their shit. Yeah. I feel but, the same way about Rivers Cuomo yeah, from Weezer. Yeah. I know he's, I've actually listened to some stuff with him and he's really into deep, deep meditation. Right. And he, it's, I listened to a, a, a podcast with him about it. And was it was, You Made It Weird? No, if so, actually, maybe it might have been. With Pete Holmes, it was. I have listened to that, and I listened to. He was on the pilot episode for Ten Percent Happier with Dan Harris, hmm. who wrote a really amazing book about meditation. 
But um, Rivers Cuomo was talking about it, and it was just really impressive, like, hearing him talk about his meditation journey, going to all these retreats, two-week silent retreats. Yeah, right, which I could never do. I'd love to, but I just I just can't. I don't have it in me, nor do I have the money. No. Um, so the uh, so uh, the rude boy and the Scott Tastics uh, rise from the grave to attack a TV announcer. Yep. Uh, thus, sending the gang into the phrase of this mystery by yes. hitting up uh, grooves from the grave. Yep. Grooves from the grave with some random girl who never shows up again. Uh, that random girl, I think it might have come up previously on the podcast, but is actual MTVJ Martha Quinn. Really? Playing Martha Quinn. That's fantastic. That, that The VJs were before my time. I did not watch MTV at that point. <laughs> I was too young. But... That's fantastic. The references on the show are unreal. Well, it's also like it, it stands to read. It, it gives credibility to the whole. Um, have you ever seen that flowchart that shows that the entirety of TV takes place in the head of the kid from St. Elsewhere? I am aware of the St. Elsewhere kid. And I, I think I do because I've I see. I just love to read Wikipedia articles about TV shows that I don't watch and mm-hmm. movies that I don't want to see. Um, but. I've read about that and how other, I think it was an NBC show, how other NBC shows take place in that universe and here's why, so. Well, and it ends up being this thing of like crossovers happen between shows and it proves that like these realities cross over and similar to like the Bob Newhart show Mm -hmm. where the first Bob Newhart show ends up being... The second Bob Newhart show is a dream taking place in the first Bob Newhart show. Wow. So, like, it's this whole thing. So, it's all these weird things where it's like, oh, and they're also referencing, you know, uh, Dick Van Dyke. So, therefore, Dick Van Dyke show exists exists in the same universe universe as that. And it all can be traced back to the head of the kid from St. Elsewhere. That's fantastic. I, I do like that sort of thing. So, this series has, like, you know, references to, like... Blue Falcon and like Johnny Quest and Martha Quinn being an MTVJ. So it's like all these things. It's like, oh, this sort of exists. It's like the idea of the multiverse, but like it's a multiverse like damn close to where we are. Yep. 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 It is. Except, you know, there's some knockoff characters. Like yeah. instead of Taylor Lautner from Twilight, it's Baylor Hotner from some <laughs> obs- very similar vampire movie. Dusters. Dusk. Dusk. Wasn't probably. It Dusk? Yeah. Probably. <laughs> I remember that plot line, and I was like, this is getting weirdly sexual, and I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> that was weird for me. That was weird. Then, and those, Daphne, why are you in such sexy underwear? This, oh, my gosh. Yeah, her weird nighty. Yeah. the like, It was like it was a negligee. And I was like, who are you wearing that for in your bed by yourself? Like, uh, your family's suddenly here. Like, you're on a beach. So there's all kinds of e- shit yeah. happening. Evidently, Fred, for when he kidnaps her yeah, in her bed and puts her on the beach. I mean, you know, you got to be ready for your kidnappers. You got to be dressed. <laughs> trap of love. Oh, it's a trap of love. Yes, that was a good episode, too. <laughs> uh, but uh, so the gang uh, meets up with Martha Quinn, yep. where she has a slideshow of every band in the past 60 years. My, I... I, I have problems with exposition that's not handled well, especially yep. when it's like, oh, here's everything you need to know right now so that we can just move along. Yeah. Like, you don't have to find this. I'm just going to tell it all to you. Mm-hmm. But if it's like severely ham-fisted where it's like, oh, my God, we're also going to make this part of this insane character yep. so that we can get this out. I like that. 
Yeah, it was, it's a lot. It was a lot, and and I wanted to see the rest of the slideshow. That I was, I wanted, I wanted an additional forty minutes so I could see the slideshow. Also, like just other fake bands that they would invent. I love a good fake band. I love, I love. I mean, the Hex Girls are timeless. Oh, naturally. As is Rude Boy and the Scott Tastic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you said that you got into Scott. What age did you get into Scott? I was like twenty-two. Okay. Um, I was late, but I, I. Started just listening to it. Um, I was dating someone who liked Scott, and I was like, "What? The, what is this shit?" So I started listening to it, and I really liked it. It was fantastic, and I would listen to it when I was. I used to work in a school office, and I would just have it playing in the background. People would go in my office, and I just casually be listening to Scott. Real then, big fish. Yeah, a lot of real big fish. Mighty mighty Boston. Yeah, the toasters. So Toasters. a lot of that. And I, I love working to that music. I, when I'm doing a lot of my costume design work, I listen to it. Or I listen to My Chemical Romance. But <laughs> the, one of the two of the stations overlap. Yeah, but, right. Uh, yeah, I, I just find it really calming. It puts me in a really good mood. Freshman year of high school. Actually, probably before that. But I can look at it more as my freshman year of high school. I discovered uh, Less Than Jake, mm-hmm. and my life changed. I don't know why that band still, like, I absolutely fucking love Less Than Jake. That's how I feel about My Chemical Romance. Sweet. Still, I have two t-shirts. <laughs> uh, I've seen them in concert. How many times? <laughs> Just once. The second time, they couldn't come to Portland. Uh, it was that when they had to cancel the show, and I was devastated. But I saw them during the Black Parade tour in Manchester. I mean this with all the love in my heart. What is a Mind Chemical Romance song? <laughs> I can't uh, think of one. I'm not okay. Welcome to the Black Parade. Vampires will never hurt you. Uh, mama, blood, dead, why, uh, teenagers. Okay. You All know, right. the, the, the classics. Those are the hits? <laughs> Those are just the hits? <laughs> the hits. The greatest. I think they did release the greatest hits. I'm not sure. I can't be, can't be promising that. Common punching bag on this podcast. Uh, one of my favorite things is that Simple Plan released a greatest hits album. After putting out two albums. Oh god. <laughs> hey, here are the best from these Simple two. Simple plans. <laughs> Lately, um, my students have been singing All Star. By Smash Bros. Yes, I think it's my my theater students, and I. It's whenever for some reason I'm running rehearsal by myself, and they are all of a sudden launch into that, and I'm just I can't. I can't do Anytime that. Anytime somebody says somebody. Yep. Somebody. Yep. <laughs> yep. And they start it, and there's only seven of them, and it feels like there's 40. It's, hey, now. It's <laughs> You're a rock star. Get your game on. Just like, shut up! <laughs> You're making art now, and this wasn't art. <laughs> that one kid in the back who's like... <laughs> yep. Oh, we have one. I'm waiting for my... Um, the other kid who goes, go for the gold, go, go for the gold. I'm waiting for my, my my other students. My school students are too young for that. But oh, if they if they learn about that song, it's never going to end. When is Sugar Ray going to have their moment in the light? When is that going to oh. usurp? Like, I just want people who know what that goddamn opening monologue is and fly, where uh, Cat, whatever his name is, is like, go for the ride and little Sugar Ray. <laughs> Only on top of the pile, where you are. Yes. I just want to fly. Yes, 
That see, I could deal with that. That would be better. I could deal with it. It's all star that reminds me of being in second grade, and mm. just I feel like I saw it in so many movies. Yeah, weren't they in the movie Rat Race? Didn't Probably. They sh- didn't they show up at the end and they were at a Smash Mouth concert? Steve Harwell. And it was all of a sudden, like Whoopi Goldberg and company, Seth Green, whoever else, John Cleese. Was, yeah, we're at a. Brecken Meyer. Yes, yes, Brecken Meyer. Forgot about that. Forgot. He's yeah. He's kind of you know. <laughs> poor Mr. Bean, who has a name that I can't. Rowan Rowan Atkinson. Atkinson. Oh, nice. He, cheers. He was, yes, he was just playing Mr. Bean. <laughs> right. But oh, that movie. But it's still. If it's on, I'll watch it. Mm. Like I will watch that movie. Yeah, yeah. I I uh I haven't seen it in years. I think for a while it was on like HBO Now or something, oh, and yeah. I would keep flicking by it yeah. and be like. You know what? I should probably revisit this because I think if I remember correctly, John Cleese has like prosthetic teeth. Something he has like v- enlarged, fake teeth for no reason. It's <laughs> like okay, why this not? This is your character. You uh, have fake teeth. Yeah, I. Uh, is there I, anything else that I um, should be doing <laughs> in this role? You I know, think it's really it was just a is famous that, British actor. Was that the was that the inspiration for the Amazing Race? <laughs> <laughs> I think it, I think it came after, right? I don't know. Or were they were just like that they were like was, Cannonball Run was popular. Let's do I it. I mean, that was really around the time when reality shows started because I was pretty young, and American Idol was when I was in third and fourth grade, and things really took off. Yeah, I mean, uh, Real World and yeah, Road Rules; yeah. those were like the beginnings in the nineties. Yeah. And then, you got into like uh, uh, the the competition shows, you yeah, know, like yep. American Idol, Survivor, Survivor. And let's not forget that OJ Simpson created reality TV. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Never forget when he was in uh, him and uh, at the time Bruce Jenner yep. were the hosts of Battle of the Network Stars. What? Yeah, <laughs> that I didn't know. I just watched the uh, the Ameri- was it Amer- OJ Simpson versus the People. I watched that last year. That's the year. dramatization. Yeah, with Cuba uh, Gooding Jr. Travolta. Travolta. Travolta was, looked a little frightening, but was and, good. And uh, Schwimmer, right? Yep, as as uh, Robert Kardashian. Yeah, he's Kardashian in that. And they had the Kardashian. And Sel- uh, Selma Blair, I think, was Chris Jenner. That was the uh, Prime Minister of England? Chris Jenner? No, I'm thinking of Tony Blair. Yeah, Selma Blair's an actor. <laughs> she, she, was, she was legally blonde. Okay. Um, but... Yeah, that was that was I was I remember because when I my mom has always listened to talk radio ever since I was a very young child. So I remember hearing about OJ Simpson at like I was four. When the just, Bronco yeah, chase happened? I, yeah. When when the whole thing happened. I was it was like nine ninety four, nine ninety six, and I was I was like four years old. My earliest memories of the OJ Simpson trial. <laughs> I do remember it vividly. I remember the Bronco chase. Yeah. I I and I watching it as an adult was really watching that show now that I am able to process it and not knowing really what was going on except that O.J. Simpson was a bad man and <laughs> very famous. Well, that was the other thing. Like I don't I have no real reason why this happened, but I remember like hanging out with my friends on the playground and being like, "Guys, O.J. didn't do it." <laughs> and I was like, "What?" What? Who? Who are you? That's, you dumb little shit. That's like uh, when my fifth graders start to talk about Donald Trump, and we're like, <laughs> we're like "What's happening? Why is this happening right now?" Yeah, but, I had no evidence. They, I was barely watching the trial. Oh yeah, no. Whatever I, I got in through the Today Show. Oh yeah, I mean, 
it, that's how I mean now I mean obviously they're my students are on the internet and are more culturally aware than I was when I was in fifth grade mm. but it's hilarious when they offer strange out of context they were like this is Donald Trump eating Thanksgiving dinner and it's just them eating pretending to eat it's not really a reference it's just a, a buzzword to get attention it's just very strange but I did I, I did have a student we had a, I was doing a, correcting a spelling worksheet and it ha- you wrote synonyms so sure. if it was like a seat you'd write chair and there was the last two words were wall and effort, effortless. So under wall, he wrote Donald Trump. Under effortless, he wrote Hillary Clinton. This kid was like, I am going to nail this right now. Yep. I'm going to completely have everyone in stitches. Yep. Let me just write that Donald <laughs> Trump. Because of the wall, guys. You get it? I was correcting it. And he I know he just handed it in wordlessly. Like, no one knew about this. He didn't show it to anyone. Under the radar. And I was correcting it. It was at the bottom of the page. And I circled Donald Trump and wrote a question mark. And then I circled Hillary Clinton. And I was cackling in the hallway by myself. It was great. Wrong, but oh so right. Yes, it was great. <laughs> I, I should have given, I mean, we don't really give points because it's it's elementary school, but I would have been like bonus points. For this. <laughs> this joke was solid. You thought this through. I feel like I definitely did that, but my era, it would have been the Clinton Monica Lewinsky scandal. Yeah. So on like some kind of thing, I would have written like cigar. Another another one of my earliest memories is Clinton Monica Lewinsky. Yep, that was a big one. Yeah, Timothy McVeigh, uh, John Bonet Ramsey. Those two were. Oh, uh, I heard a conspiracy theory that Katy Perry is John Bonet. (laughs) That was news to me. Also, Stephen King killed John Lennon. Also, news to me. Interesting. Just these aren't facts. Right. I'm not saying these are facts. I, I love Stephen King. I like Katy Perry. Somebody's saying it. I'm just, not I'm, saying it. I'm not it, creating but... the content. I'm just sharing it. Uh, I, uh, uh, the other big one, oh, Tanya Harding was huge, yep. huge in my household, and I don't know why. We, we, were, we, we followed that one. We were in – my family uh, watched the Anna Nicole Smith reality show. Like, oh, interesting. But I was also like eight. Yeah, she died. <laughs> she died early. when I was in – oh, that was a fight in my all-girls high school. People were yelling about Anna Nicole's death. And we were like, math class got very heated one day where the teacher had to intervene because we were yelling about Anna Nicole's death. Yeah, Y equals MX. Fuck you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I did enjoy, like, occasionally the Anna Nicole Smith theme song will, like, come in my head often. Like, <laughs> like twice. Anna, Anna, Larissa, Anna, Anna Nicole. Is it by Smash Mouth? I wish. Oh, okay. <laughs> maybe. Maybe that's why it's so fucking catchy. <laughs> the credits come up. Somebody. <laughs> that's it. Her, her whole show is underscored very quietly by Smash Mouth. Barely audible all-star playing just, in the background it's of sub- all. It's really like, good subliminal messaging. <laughs> so the uh, – we cut from the gang finding out that Skyboy, mm-hmm. sorry, Scottastics, Skyboy and the Rude Tastics, <laughs> okay, uh, have uh, uh, risen from the grave, yep. and they 
seemingly randomly attack a, the tiki tub, mm. which uh, I I love Polynesian themed drinks. I'm a yeah. big Mai Tai fan. No, I do too. I've been a rum and grog. Ooh, yeah. Maybe some great fancy drinks and cool cups. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I enjoy their Singapore slang. Yep. A lot of ice. I like the painkiller. But I like it. Get you messed up. It's a really heavy cup, though. Like, if you wanted to throw it at someone, you'd kill them. <laughs> <laughs> like. This is going along with your. This, <laughs> this is just how you process the world where you're yeah. like, this is a murder weapon. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I have a relative. I work in a school and I have a relatively sometimes dangerous job. So I have to process, like, could this be used to hurt me in any way? <laughs> Which is harsh reality, but you look fine. at life like it's a clue board. Oh yeah, I'm like I can't wear, I don't wear scarves because <laughs> I'm afraid I'm gonna get strangled. <laughs> Hair always up in a bun. Oh yeah, pretty much. Also, I don't like bathe, so like <laughs> I, it's it's uh, it's hygienic and it's also a safety concern. Ooh, you stink. I'm not gonna get yeah, near it's you. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that was my plan all along. <laughs> But so uh, they they the they attack the tiki tub. Yep. Uh, drag this woman into the underworld. Yes, they yeah they pull her under the stage. Right. Everyone looks in the hole. <laughs> Which like that's one of, that's that's the uh, the equivalent of you're in the room alone, the lights aren't working, and the curtains moving. Yeah. Get out of the room, man! Yeah. Don't go look behind that curtain. But I would look in the hole. I would too. Like I mean, I saw. On all, I saw I was witnessing an altercation at the gas station a few weeks ago, Ooh. and I was I was buying four bags of ice, so I was standing there with my four bags of ice and no phone, like ready to involve myself. I had no business, but I was like, I stayed to see what was going to happen. I had to be somewhere. I was going to an event, <laughs> and I like I, I waited to see how this was going to play out. So I would look in the hole. How did it work? <laughs> uh, Horribly? The, it, it was just like, uh, the police, I think, were called. It was this man being okay. really rude. He's like, I'm an adult. And I was like, well, you're certainly not acting like it's <laughs> Spoken like a true teacher. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an adult. Then act like one, I was Clarence. About, I was about ready to be like, um, it's just that you're not in the green zone right now and you're showing you're not ready to interact with your peers. Ugh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, god damn it. Uh yeah, I I don't know. I have one of those things where it's like I think I have like a, a lot of weird shame-based instincts. So when I see somebody acting out in public, like my whole thing is like if I don't look at them, they're not going to exist and so I just need to ignore this, but also I'm going to partially open one eye. Oh, I was <laughs> I had paid. I had made my transaction and was just standing. There. You had front row. Oh seats. yeah. I mean, it was happening at first. I was the only person in the store, and then there was a line of like eight other people. So it was a scene. By that, it was a spectacle. And then he took his arm and shoved it on the counter and brushed all the five hour energy onto the floor. This what? Was, yeah. He did like a storm out. He did a storm out. And I was, mean, into was, the arms of the cops. It was but. also like 30 degrees. He was wearing flip flops and a storm out in flip flops. is just the worst, especially in November in Maine. Um, <laughs> I, I was wearing like this outfit. I was wearing boots and fucking Carhartt coat. Yeah. I was like, it's cold. It's I have four bags of ice. I'm very cold. You're the adult. Yes, I was the adult. But, uh, but also uh, four bags of ice and no phone is the new death cap for cutie single. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> they have. They have to know. They already know. But no, I. I have a really morbid curiosity. Like I'm, un, like unashamed 
curious. I can't. I couldn't form that into a nice sentence. But... You would be a member of the Scooby Gang. Oh, I would. I would be. I'd be scared. Yeah. I would be shaggy. But but shit's I, going down. You're I'd there. Like, I need to be. I need to be involved. I need to know what's going on. I don't. I'm the person who is like watches the gross videos that I know are gross, and I just need to see. I need to see what it is. With with stuff like that, do you need a resolution or do you just need to be a part of it? No, I don't need a resolution. I don't need to, like, I'm curious, like, I wonder how that played out. But I, like, I wasn't gonna, I had to be somewhere. I wasn't gonna hang out at the gas station. Like, yeah. but I, I, I wanted to. If right. I, if I didn't, wasn't bringing the ice to someone, the person who had my phone. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, it wasn't like, that wasn't collateral. It was just the way it worked out. They needed it for something. <laughs> it wasn't like, go get the ice and I'll give you your phone back. They needed four <laughs> bags of ice <laughs> but, to cool down their quantum accelerator exactly. so that Sam Beckett could walk in. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. And disappear. But I, like, I am the person who slows down traffic to look at a car accident. <laughs> I will see a hole in the ground and be like, what's What's in the hole? Like if a little one, like you know, like you're not supposed. If there's a hole in the ground, you leave it alone. If like a little hole, like something lives in the hole, don't fuck with it. But I wonder what lives in the hole, but I don't spend a lot of time on it. What's in that fucking hole? (laughs) Like I just need to know. I hear a noise, and I'm. Do you reach into the hole? No, but you might use a stick. But then I like don't want to hurt it. Right. Like so, I I have a lot of concern about whether I'm going to hurt something. I won't. Usually, I won't take action, but I'll be like. What the shit is this? Like, what's it gonna do? What's happening? I you just... like living in this world of mystery. Yeah, I like, I like, I like weirdness. <laughs> I like to know, and I just like to know. I'll, I'll read a book and I have to stop every five minutes to Google something because you don't know what it is. <laughs> is this real or is this not? Yeah, I mean, I just like okay. So tell me more. <laughs> Watching Mindhunter, every every scene, every new character introduction, I was like, all right, is this person real? Let's see. What's going on? Ed Kemper, what are you up to? Fictionalization? What's happening with that? How is this How is this in comparison to what actually happened? I do feel that way with a lot of things like, we were talking about earlier, things like Doctor Who, or I just brought it up, Quantum Leap, where it's like, okay, so you're obviously doing historical references, mm-hmm. but at what point does it stop? Like, could this person, are you basing this off of the fact that this person could have been here at this time? Yeah. Or is there a historically documented, like, Muhammad Ali was in this state yep. this this uh, time period, and so obviously he would have run into him if he had done this. You know? Yeah. No, I that that is very interesting. Those are because I don't watch a lot of sh- I just don't watch a lot of time travel shows. Like I don't I don't really understand time travel is just baffling to me. Time lords, the rules. There's Doesn't so make rules. sense. There's so many rules. Well, well, arbitrary rules seemingly that uh, uh, people writing it make up. Yeah, and that becomes like well, your time cup. <laughs> it just becomes. Canon for everything. Ron Silver. Yeah. So I I find it really interesting. And I'll obviously like I like to learn the the rules of a universe for a show. Like for something like something like Harry Potter. Something like Harry Potter, something like Buffy. I re- mm. the rules of that universe are really interesting. Stranger Things right now. I'm in the middle of season two and I keep forgetting what the rules of the universe are. Because seemingly they kind of tailor them as it goes. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's frustrating to me. And I think it's easier to figure it out once, like, Buffy was on, already on. Buffy is is an existing universe. It's established. So if I'm confused, I can go and look it up. The Whedon-verse. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, the same thing with, I mean, I'm a huge American Horror Story fan. And while each each season is an anthology, there's still 
they're still trying to figure out the universe. Fans are trying to figure out the universes and the Just rules. a lot of Dutch angles. Like, yeah. Can we? How do we turn the camera sideways and have it move quickly through this scene? How do can we, we make do everyone that? feel like they're going to have a panic attack while they're watching this show? Oh my gosh, there's more Dutch angles in that show than the '60s Batman. <laughs> Like, 60s Batman, I feel like it was just because they couldn't tighten the tripod that the camera was standing yeah. on, so it just went sideways. But there, but uh, American Horror Story took that and was like, every shot will look like that. Yes. Yeah. No, it's a lot. So, like, this past season, I just finished this past season, mm. and it was, I, I've never felt so genuinely upset sometimes watching it. Not even scared, but just like, holy fuck, like, this could happen. These are real things. Like, this is weird. That uh, not the real thing, uh, but the, I feel that way watching the new Twin Peaks, especially since it was like a couple days ago. I made the mistake of binging, yep. So I watched like maybe ten episodes in one sitting, and the world, the like any world that David Lynch creates is, it's not immoral. It's amoral so like there are no morals in the universe there's people doing things yeah and the way that those things interact creates its own sort of contextuality for these actions that's interesting there's no necessary i i I, this is this is a broad way of saying it but there's no evil or good there's just sides of issues with people doing things like there's consequences, but they're not necessarily positive or negative. Well, they're not good or evil in a yeah. universal sense. Okay, it's just what happens in these sort of small because there's there's horrific violence yeah. and there's people murdering each other, but the cosmic significance of these horrific events doesn't move beyond the event itself. So there's no god arbitrating how these events are to be okay. seen. And that messes with you after a while because then you're just kind of living in this world of evaluating things and all the pressure is on that thing as opposed to like a universal sense of morality. Yep. Which completely messes you up. I, uh, just that amorality, I just watched uh, Heathers for the first time. Great. And I, I watched it on... Saturday, Friday, Friday or Saturday night, and I was I was texting two of my friends who had seen it before, and I was like, "What is going on? They were I just wasn't expecting this. The lead girl gets murdered immediately, and they're just like, my favorite line was." Teen suicide. The decision to kill yourself is the most important decision a teenager can make. <laughs> I was just like, holy fuck. He's shooting guns in the cafeteria. There's no consequences. Uh-huh. For any- the consequences are minimal at best. There's no follow through. Whether you're going to be popular or not. <laughs> it's, just, yeah. it's so blasé about everything. And it's it was just fascinating to me. And I, I thought it was so ridiculous it's teen drama thrown into hyperbole yeah and i loved it i mean i was i was not i mean it's something i've heard about for a long time obviously and it's really become more popular recently it's kind of experiencing a comeback so i figured all right gotta watch this and i was like what the fuck and what's the deal with christian slater what is he (laughs) what is he up to he was even during the most violent scenes he was still like doing his little thing yeah still like kind of being a chill budget jack nicholson yeah yeah he was like a mini jack nicholson in a trench coat (laughs) i just yeah it was but it was really it was pretty amoral she's like oh shit we've killed people 
Dear Diary. Yeah, right. Three people have died. We've been dating two weeks. <laughs> that's that's where we're at. But we're like, we're so cool. Like he, he dies outside of the school. Like no one goes outside. Right. Yeah. That was just so much. It was so much. Which is kind of what, I mean, like, that's kind of the opposite, I feel like, of the Mystery Incorporated universe. Because the yeah. Mystery Incorporated universe, the point, like, so in the original Scooby-Doo, obviously, it's all about, like, unmasking the the creep. Yep. Right, the the person, this this human being who's trying to scare people off and puts on a mask, an elderly rich white man, usually a, <laughs> you know a farmer Dan or whatever, yeah. and it's it is, it's sort of like reinterpreting morality. It's saying like, yeah. hey, you thought that this was happening. This is actually what's happening. Yeah, and. I feel like what Mystery Incorporated did was it kind of, I mean, it threw some curveballs at us where it like like. Similar to uh, Zombie Island, this time the monsters are real. You know, like it has that element, but it's still only about them solving a mystery. Yeah. And and there's a morality aspect. Like it's, they will always win. Yeah. At least in, and even in the, where the monsters are real, they always win. I think. Sure. And this is, this is an in-between because there's, Technically not monsters. Like yeah. the, the, Rude Boy and the Scoutastics are not actually dead. Yeah. But they're still using magic. Or I, Velma said something about an enharmonic chord, oh, and I they, didn't know what that meant. They probably use like binaural beats, which are <laughs> some meditation thing, but there's certain sound frequencies that are supposed to trigger certain things in your brain. Sure. So I, I mean, that is probably a loose interpretation of what she was explaining. I don't think it makes a giant cloud come out and attack someone. In the I, shape of skulls? Yeah, I don't think that happens. I mean, I don't know. I haven't gotten that deep into binaural beats. but It's also making it's, it's making people into uh, dancing zombies. They are, yeah. in Daphne's words, skanking. Skanking. The dance class paid off. The skanking. <laughs> I, uh, she learned skanking and dance. She played ballet, and then they moved into skanking. The classic, classic medium. <laughs> they they did a circle pit every day. I'm a classical ska dancer. I'm a classical. I've trained my entire life. I'm trained in classical skanking. Yes, yes. I wear I wear cargo shorts and high socks. <laughs> <laughs> the uniform. It's the uniform. But no, I, I, uh, yeah. I mean, the monsters are. I mean, in Scooby Doo. I mean, this is the this this incarnation of Scooby Doo. Like, some of the monsters are human, and some of the monsters are definitely not human. Especially in season two. Right. And this 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 episode is where it kind of gets into the monsters not being human when Nova's like suddenly a talking dog. So. <laughs> Nibiru is coming. Yeah, in a scary human voice. It wouldn't have been so jarring if she did it in a silly dog voice. Yeah, if she had a voice like Scooby-Doo. But she was an adult woman. Nibiru is coming. Yeah, like that would have been like, oh, okay, I can live with that. It's just like sit up, talk, Nibiru is coming. (laughs) That was jarring. It was very upsetting. And the fact that like... Her uh, her EKG or whatever, like flatline. She, she flatlines. She's like unconscious. She's dead, and she's talking about Nibiru. 
with her little dog ponytails. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, she's uh, she's in a human hospital. Right, where all dogs go to heaven. I mean, I wish, when my dog had his surgery, I wish she could have gone to a human hospital. Trust me, the amount of times I've wanted to call the human hospital about my dog or my cat. I feel like the bills are less at the veterinary clinic. I don't, it's, you know, it's hard to say. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's, it's yeah. hard to say, depending on what you need done. But Fair point. No, I, this is where, this episode, I think, after this, if I'm remembering correctly, is where the Nibiru. The it Nibiru really starts plot, to get into. Where it really goes off the fucking rails. <laughs> yeah, right before they enter like the other dimension, where they have to uh, like use all the keys and stuff. You need to take, somebody needs to be taking notes while watching that because <laughs> it's very intricate. And I'm pretty sure while I was watching that originally, watching these the show, I was on like the Scooby Doo Wikia page, <laughs> like being like, "What? What is happening? Where am I?" Because uh, the first season was so normal. Mm-hmm. It was so normal. It's just like it's just a little bit older, a little bit more edgy because they're like some more tongue in cheek. Yeah, it's uh, there's a overarching uh, plot points. There are stakes. There's this Mister E thing happening. Oh yeah, but nothing's nothing's overtly uh, 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 weird. It's just, it's weird. Yeah, it gets weird. And I like that. I love, I love a good weirdness and a very adult storyline for a child's show. Like, if I was eight watching this, I don't think I would have been able to comprehend what was happening. Do you think it's geared towards eight-year-olds? I don't know. I don't know who watches Cartoon Network. I don't know the demographic. I know that there's some things on that network that I hear my students talk about and I'm like, what? There's, it's just like some of it's like weirdly grotesque to me, and I don't know why. Yeah, I think uh, Brie, my girlfriend, and I. One one thing that she frequently brings up, I got her into Adventure Time at one point. I love point. Adventure Time. I love Adventure Time as well. But when she first got into it, which start off with season two and then go back and watch season one because it's gonna it, season two is more it'll suck in. It's harder. like how you do Bob's Burgers. Yeah, yeah. sure, or uh, 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 Parks and Rec. Yep, yep. Uh, but. Uh, the thing that she could not stop saying was, who is this show for? Like, yeah. who is, who, when they made this, who was supposed to be watching it? Because it doesn't seem like little children. Yeah. It doesn't seem like maybe teenagers. I mean, it seems kind of childish enough for a child, but adult enough for an adult, but it yeah. doesn't seem to satisfy either. No, it's true. And there is a certain, I, certain, Things about that also, like, make me feel really weird. There's also, like, just the, the fantasy nature of it, just the weird body contortions that happen <laughs> to some of the characters, like Jake the dog. And just there's just so much weirdness that sometimes I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. And I really like it. But I remember first watching it and feeling very uncomfortable. Mm. And I, that's the thing. And, and then I got past it, and I really started enjoying the show. But some of the shows that I just have seen in passing on Cartoon Network or seen like on my Hulu that are Cartoon Network shows, I'm like, like there's something about the title Uncle Grandpa that makes me very uncomfortable. I don't know what it is, but I feel weird. I feel weird about it. I remember vividly uh, when I was a kid, the movie The Stupids came out with Tom oh, Arnold. See, that made me feel real weird too. Yeah, and the big one of the big moments of that movie is Tom Arnold singing a song called "I'm My Own Grandpa." <laughs> That's weird. That's I remember that, and I remember that it was a book, wasn't it? It was a book. Was it a book? Be- before that, it was a book, but really, the relation between the book and the movie is, is yeah, is tenuous loose. at best. I uh, 
I have very similar feelings to Captain Underpants. I think yep. Captain Underpants is a sexual predator. <laughs> I mean, a grown man showing up in his underwear to fight crime <laughs> is gross, and it's weird. And I remember when I was in elementary school when those books came out, and I, I mean, they weren't geared towards young girls, so I never read them okay. because I was reading American Girl books and <laughs> Bailey's Schoolhouse Weird Kids doing stuff, which I still read, and I'm trying to get one of my students to read it, and he won't. <laughs> uh, I was like, do you want to read the Bailey School Kids? You want to see what they're up to with their mysteries? Werewolves don't wear roller skates. Like, he's not a Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I remember those. I've read most of those. Uh, I uh, love that. Yeah, all of them have that format, right? Like, yeah. aliens don't yeah, a- aliens, eat peanut butter aliens or something. Aliens don't have braces. Don't have braces. Yep, that was, we, lo- we went through the stack, and he was not not into it. Three other titles. Yeah, but... Uh, Do you have three other titles? Like, at, oh, like uh, witches? Sa- Santa Claus doesn't wear... F- Santa Claus does more flip flops. Okay. Uh, Cupid doesn't flip hamburgers. Yep. That's definitely one. Trolls don't ride roller coasters. Great. I think. I think I remember all of. I think I have all those covers in my head. Oh as yeah. Well. yeah, yeah, yeah. What was it called again? They were the the what? Bailey School Kids. Bailey School Kids. Yeah, because there was the there was the Magic Tree House, and then I was like, take you can shove a Magic Tree House up your ass. I want I want I want to know what the Bailey School Kids are up to. I was a big uh, Bruce Coville kid, which was. Uh, uh, I left my sneakers in Dimension X. Oh. Um, uh, my teacher flunked the planet. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah, I those were like great. My student would like that. He had two alien uh, continuity sets. One was uh, Rod Albright, and he uh, he that was uh, Aliens Ate My Homework. I think was the first book okay. in that series, and it ta- it goes through like this kid getting into this like intergalactic police force. Like, basically to get some, it's really intricate. It's great. And then My Teacher is an Alien was the other series that I really got into. I feel like I've heard of that. That one uh, is a lot of fun. And I'll, need to, I'll need to find these books in the library because uh, I'm currently reading to him out loud a Star Wars series about Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> I don't really care for it. Okay. I can't pronounce any of the names. Sure. And it's it's like Anakin Skywalker in Jedi Academy. And I was like, <laughs> fucking A. But, uh. Motherfucker's gonna be Darth Vader, bitch. Yeah, I'm just like, we all know, you know what's going to happen. Yeah, it's like watching the, it's like watching Titanic. You know yep. what's gonna happen. Ship's going down. Yep, I'm like, I don't want to hear about. Anakin Skywalker in like a trash pit. <laughs> that that was what I was reading last week. It's 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 not very good. I like to do voices mm. though. I like to do Paul a Yoda voice, and he hates it. So Let me hear your Yoda. I was just like going to the trash pit. We are. <laughs> Oh, yes. <laughs> when, I, when, I, when we read Harry Potter in class, I do voices. Uh, I, I like to do the voices. So, uh, like, well, what does your uh, peeves sound like? Oh, I have, I have a, I just, peeves is here. Peeves had to fuck shit up. <laughs> That's just all I feel about peeves. I did so the other. A few do you just do Alan Rickman for Snape? What do you do for we Snape? I, we, Snape hadn't gotten there yet. Okay. We're still in the beginning. Really? I, yeah, we are. Mr. Potter. Yep, I got to pull that out. And I would. What else? Do I? I would do Hagrid. I tried yeah. to do Hagrid. You're a wizard, Harry. I tried. You're a wizard, Harry. But I did say I was. I had a shitty day. We had a long day, and I didn't get a break. And I read Hagrid is hangry, <laughs> and then I took a lunch break. <laughs> but um, I don't remember what we were talking about before that. That's fine. <laughs> I was trying to. I was trying to pick up. Pick it up. <laughs> like Scott. Pick it, yeah. up, pick it up. Pick it up. Pick it up. <laughs> There it is. There it is. So because Rude Boy and the Scoutastics are using this enharmonic chord to make people dance to death, which seems an aggressive strategy for becoming a popular band again. Yeah, like if all your fans die. 
and they're not really your fans because you're just enchanting them. Like they're not buying your record. I could see hypnotizing them into buying <laughs> sure. it. Like that's that's a thing. That's subliminal messaging. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. Like at least they think they're your fans. They're not just unwilling participants in a terrible slow death. Dancing to death. Like they're not having a good time. You're dead, right, mate? <laughs> they're not. In, they don't know they're in, if they're enjoying it or not. Right. And then they're gonna die from exhaustion. Uh, presumably. Pres- yeah. But because Scooby and Shaggy, I think the plot point is that they're tone deaf. Probably. They're not affected. Or they're high. Sure. And so they have to go get the hex girls. Yep. Who are doing a corporate gig on a ship. Yep. <laughs> Which I love the idea that they are. Uh, magically inclined. Mm-hmm. They have these powers. And then they also, like, they have a day job. Like, they have to make some money on the yeah. side. So they have to go play, like, you know, like the uh, library. this Greek <laughs> millionaire's party on a boat. Yep, in their classic costumes. They feel the. I love that reference. Fans I love the classic love outfits. I love that. That made my fucking day. Like, what's with the old costumes? <laughs> like, that, that's just such an obscure. Reference that a child watching the show wouldn't be like, yeah, that's all, those are the original costumes from Scooby Doo and the Witch's Ghost. <laughs> like, like a kid's not gonna know that. I knew that. Ben Ravencroft. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, Velma. I forgot about that. Oh yeah. Oh, Tim Curry. So Tim Curry. He has two. I think he's Ben Ravencroft and he's the Goblin King in Scooby Doo and the Goblin right. King. I mean, he's a great, great villain. He's a great oh. voice. Yes. I just, uh, I saw him and his post-stroke self is rough. It's hard to yeah, watch. I that's feel tough. It's, it's, it was rough. I remember when I was a kid, one of my friends had one of those like old school PC games. Mm-hmm. It was like around the time like Mist came out and it was a game about Frankenstein. Yeah. And you were the monster. Oh, that's cool. And so you would like bomb around the castle trying to like piece together, you know, whatever the mysteries were. And... Tim Curry played Dr. Frankenstein. That's awesome. And the thing I remember most is there was a scene where you would like go into one of the labs and there was like a chalkboard and you would click on the chalkboard and Tim Curry would show up and he would go, life, matter, electricity, simpleness. I love him. I can't believe he didn't actually play Dr. Frankenstein in a movie. Or he must have done it on stage. He must, something must have happened. Yeah, Sherlock Holmes would be another one I would assume yeah. he would have played. Yeah, I mean, he's just a lot of those classic roles, but British roles. Yeah, <laughs> classic British roles are over Tim Curry's bread and butter. If you have a chance, you should check out his first album. It's I've re- listened to some of it. Oh my god, it's really good. Because I I am a huge Rocky Horror fan. She's just fourteen. I've I've listened to some of that. A Paradise Garage. Yeah. I, I which is most it's just ridiculous. I I definitely when I was the height of my Rocky Horror. Fanness in high school. I was on YouTube watching that stuff, watching Tim Curry's videos, really feeling weird. There used to be a clip of him on YouTube uh, from one of his live shows when he did a tour of like him singing, and it was him doing a cover of the Kinks Celluloid Heroes. And the best part about it is he would pronounce a certain word a certain way, and it would always go, and just sing. 
all the stars as you walk down Hollywood Boulevard. I love his voice and his choices. I feel like it's not his accent. It's a choice. (laughs) He is making a choice to speak that way. Boulevard. Oh, my God. And just it was like, it's Nigel Thornberry. It's a choice. It's a choice that he's talking that way. Lovey. I I love any any gif of a Disney princess turning into Nigel Thornberry. <laughs> That's my favorite thing. I should have been Belle turning into Nigel Thornberry for Halloween. That Perfect. should have been the costume. Yeah, yeah. How do you do that? I, I just wear I wear a two sided mask. I don't know. I'll figure yeah. it out next year. I'm excited to it's see it. Be a gif. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so then uh, they so they have to get the hex girls because they have to defeat Scott with like competing p- pop punk. I'm not entirely sure what they need a. A, for, a, a musical force. They can only. We're the good bad girls. Yeah, yeah. We're the bad good girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. I think they had to. I don't know the logic there, but they needed they needed people who knew about music. Yeah, that's what they said. They need. They don't know anything about music, but they know people who do. Who use it responsibly? Yes. You, oh, you have to. And everybody needs someone who do d o o. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then they uh. They went on the boat and they ruined the concert while they were wearing, like, genie costumes. <laughs> yeah, Jasmine. Jasmine. Uh, I dream of genie outfits. Yeah. Like, like no one's going like, to recognize us in these awesome disguises. Like, we're going on a Sheik's yacht and everyone else is in black tie and they're dressed <laughs> in a genie. Uh, which is just strange. Stra- oh, that was a whole strange scene that I wish had been explored more. I was like... Is this racist? I don't know. There's a really weird stereotype happening here. But that's their that's their superpower throughout all of Scooby Doodum in the in the Dooniverse is that they can just put on a costume. Oh yeah, and immediately convince anybody in the vicinity of what's going on. I mean, that's how I I I'm like pretty convinced if I put like a wig on my dog, I could get him into <laughs> most places. I'm just like I I was going where I was going somewhere, and I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna like. Put him in a dress, see what happens. <laughs> Just take him in with me. I think that'll work. No one, no one will say, "Is that a dog in a dress?" No, it's not. No, are you dumb? I'm actually very offended that you'd even ask that question. Oh, I am so sorry. Uh, we'll give you our best table right over here. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Would you like? Uh, would you like? What would you like to start with? Drinks? Can I get a bowl of water? <laughs> <laughs> no utensils. Just a bowl. And that's fine. That's not, I I don't need you to stare at me. I don't need your judgment. I didn't come here for that. That was one of the things uh, years ago when I was in France that like really uh, I enjoyed was just that people brought their dogs into restaurants wherever and the dogs were well behaved. And it was just like, yeah, I'm bringing my dog in. Yeah, I'm bringing my fucking dog. Who, uh, who, uh, I don't, I don't, we're all eating pizza. Let's just eat this pizza. My dog's going to be here while this yeah, happens. Yeah, I mean, my dog couldn't handle himself in the restaurant, but <laughs> if he could, he would be there with me. I fed him, like, half of half a steak under the table today at dinner, like, at, at my fam- with my family, not at a restaurant. Oh. I didn't, like, slide him in, just like, get under the table, get under the table. <laughs> but, yeah, I uh, I would, I would, if I could. If I could, I, I need to find the right dress and the right wig. Right. And then we're we're in. Done. Yeah, we're gonna keep we're gonna keep apprised of how this goes. We're going out for New Year's. <laughs> gonna sneak him in. <laughs> we're going for dinner at a fancy steak place. Oh yeah. Uh, so they uh, the hex girls are 
almost defeated by yep. Scabo and the Rutastics. They, they fell. They fell down. They got hit with the ghost music, the skeleton right? music. But Scooby and Shaggy assist them by picking up guitars. Yep. Here's something that I, I kind of enjoyed. I like that the gang has to be a part of the, the, the denouement, like the, yeah. the ultimate solution, but that they couldn't have done it without the Hex Girls. Yeah. Like, they get to be a part of it as well. So it's like, we needed you. Yeah. We need us. Everybody's winning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I like this. I like the Shaggy and Scooby had their moment because they also they they don't always they always just they kind of get in the way. Yeah, they're screw ups. Yeah, but they 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 save the day. Yeah, it's somehow they know how to shred on the guitar. Especially since apparently they're tone deaf, which allows them not to be hypnotized by Scabo and the Rotastic. They can they can just they can play guitar for days and then destroy all the equipment. That was great. <laughs> They ruined everything. There's a fire. When I was in high school, uh, one of my friends bought like one of those really cheap, like twenty five dollar guitars from Walmart. Wow. The reason he bought it was so that we could destroy it. I mean, yeah, that sounds fun. It was I, a blast. I would enjoy doing that. I just wouldn't do it with someone else's guitar on a roof. Well, there's a reason why it's called an axe. It's shaped like an axe. So when you hold that neck and you just you, go you, right into the ground with gotta. it. gotta. It just goes, f-ching. You gotta. I mean, I, yeah, I, I like when they're like, uh, you can stop now. <laughs> uh, You're done. You're done, son. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, yeah, so they get to save the day. They get to have their moment in the spotlight. Yep. Which I feel like it, it, as the series as a whole, spoiler alert, Scooby gets that moment where he gets the spear at the end to yep. defeat whatever the, the wiz- weird, the, 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 the evil, the, the, the Nibiru. Nibiru, whatever it is. Is that what it is? The, yeah. I think it was the Anunnaki. I feel like the Anunnaki became involved. Cthulhu. Yeah. Uh, whatever uh, stand in for ultimate evil yeah. you feel necessary. Exactly. No, he he gets his moment. He he comes through. And it's ultimately about friendship. Yeah, and like I I think that's when they bring in the the gangs of the past. <laughs> they all have that bond and that friendship. And they all even when they when they're missing one person of the gang, like when when they have that moment where Fred and Daphne get engaged and break up and everyone's a mess, they can't function as a team. When he uh, proposes to her with the onion ring. Yep, and then, like, is 17. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just, like, not a great... And then he, he gets a beard. And yeah. he's, like, he finds out his dad is, like, a monster. Right. The freak of Crystal Cove. Right. Like, and then, yeah, there's a new, like, weirdly young mayor that comes in who's dressed in, like, a child's outfit. I don't really know what that's about, but yeah, no, they can't function without each other, like as a group. Right. Which, similarly to, uh, let's say, the Buffy gang yeah. or any of those kinds of things, like that always, watching those kinds of things, it, like, it always gives you a solace, right? Like, yeah. you kind of like want to text one of your friends and be like, hey, miss you. Yeah. <laughs> miss you, boo. Exactly. <laughs> let's hang out soon. Let's go solve some mysteries. Let's, yeah, which. God damn it, one of these days I will have a mystery solving crew. Oh, yeah. I mean, team up with the ghost, ghost main people. They'll, they'll, you, <laughs> haunt me. Haunt me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll find a mystery for you. I think that's the second time they've come up, which, weirdly enough, you think they come up more. Yeah, I know. I mean, get them in here. You guys can solve a mystery and watch a Scooby Doo episode. I think that popped into my head the other day. I think I was driving down the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Uh, I'm going to take that again. I was driving down the highway yeah. and uh, I saw a bumper sticker and I was like, I wonder if they'd come on. I bet they would. Yeah. I mean, I, I know a couple of them, people who work for them and they're, they're cool people. I only know, well, Johnny Speckman, yeah, previous Johnny, guest. Johnny Speckman. Johnny Speckman is now wife as of yesterday. Oh, that's um, right. Anna, I think I saw that. I bet they would, uh, I bet they would do it. Done. <laughs> they're fantastic. Well, so we only have one segment on this podcast mm-hmm. and we've reached it now. So. We are star stuff at the universe's piss. Does this pass the Sagan test? Famed philosopher of science and scientist himself, Carl Sagan, yes. once said that he wanted an adult version of Scooby-Doo because it propagated skepticism and the scientific method. Does this episode pass the Sagan test? Skepticism and the scientific method. I hmm. I don't know. Because Velma's the skeptic. Sure. And she was under a spell. Right? So I, I feel like no one at any point was like, yup, they're definitely not dead. Yeah. No, there was no doubt that it wasn't a supernatural event until the end. Well, they go to investigate the grave where uh, oh, yeah, they found Rude Boy and the man. They found their manager. Right. And they find the the two other people who were kidnapped yep, yep. in that was the after. coffin. That's after. But they really, like, it gets to the point where they're hypnotized mm-hmm. pretty quickly. Yeah. And then Scooby and Shaggy just have to go Figure get help. Out. Like, they could, there wasn't a plan. Yeah. Because I think in the graveyard, it seemed like there was a plan. They were trying to formulate a plan. And but then, they just went to the first place they could go to. Yeah. The, oh, the graveyard where they're conveniently buried in the town. Yeah. Uh, where everyone's <laughs> buried here. Everyone. There's George Washington. And here's Rude Boy. But they, it was an open grave. It was an open grave with a coffin in it. And they drive mopeds out of the ground. Yeah, which, I mean, is impressive and a whole other situation that should have been looked into. Like, how did you do that? How, like, they buried themselves alive for this. They're like the uh, the uh, jet skis in Waterworld that pop out yeah. from under the water. I, yeah, there was really, like... There were a lot of things that were overlooked in terms of logistics. They buried themselves under the ground in mopeds. But very fun to watch. Oh, it was great. I enjoyed it. I just I just feel like no one, there was maybe a, a minute of skepticism. Write maybe. it in and let's move on. But there was... There wasn't a method. The method <laughs> fell apart immediately. I'm fine with that. And because as soon as they left the graveyard, they were like, cool, we won. We got this. And then there was a show on the roof. And then they were like, whoops, we don't got this. Oh, shit. We're gonna, now we're hypnotized. And Shaggy and Scooby, their plan wasn't, okay, now we're going to, we know that this is a, a weird frequency. Yeah, like, right. Velma employed the scientific method. After we just need to find someone who know who knows tangentially what is happening. Yeah, we just need someone who can maybe sing and play an instrument. Right. We just need we need a musician, and that's really we're gonna go from there. Yeah, done. And they said we don't know anything about music, and two minutes later they're shredding the guitar. Sure. So just that's just you know a point that I'm just gonna <laughs> make and move on, but. Yeah, I I never heard of that Carl Sagan quote before, uh, which is really cool. But he was the man. Yeah, I just I don't think it passes. Yeah, I'm I just, fine with that. I feel like it was just there was too much musical performance. There was too much ska. There was too. I mean, there's never too much ska, but there was too much ska for a 22 minute episode. They're they're just 
half of it was a musical number, which I enjoyed. Right. But if we're gonna get into You're dead the right, methodology mate. of the show, there was like four musical numbers. <laughs> Which include, which basically was this hex girl sang twice. Right. That random chick sang. That girl in the tiki hut sang. Yep. The the, the rude boy and the scottastic sang like four times. What was the first hex girls? Oh, the, you do voodoo. Yeah, and we the boat. Do voodoo. Yeah, they had like several full scale musical numbers. <laughs> so I mean, and the, it opened with a musical number pretty much. Right. So there really wasn't a lot of time to go into the methodology of solving the mystery. All right. I'm fine with that. That's just my personal opinion. Great job. It's <laughs> a great opinion. Well, Grace. Yes. Thank you so much for doing oh, this. Oh, thank you for having me. This, this has been an great. absolute bath. Yeah. Uh, this is coming out Wednesday. Cool. Do you have anything to promote? Uh, I... Oh, I'll promote... Make-A-Wish Princess Party at Anthony's Italian Kitchen on December 9th and December 16th. Great. Where all their favorite princesses are going to sing, and all the money goes to Make-A-Wish Foundation, so you should, everyone should go. It'll be fun. We're going to be sweet. great. And How much are tickets? $20, I think. $20. And make a pizza. It's a pizza party. You get pizza. Yep. And there's a princess show. And there's princess parties, and you know, it's going to be great and really fun. There's going to be about 10 of us performing. Damn. And that's going to be awesome. And I just got cast in Carrie the Musical at Lyric Theater, and I'm psyched. Nice. When is that? It's in February. February. Okay, so and, it's a little bit away. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a little bit away, but I'm pretty excited about it. Who so are you? I am Norma, one of the bitchy girls who... Everyone Everyone's mean except Carrie. So everyone's terrible. The one who murders people. Yeah, the, the, the tragic hero. I, I have a lot of. I love that book. I love that movie. The musical's a lot. I'm excited, but it's gonna be fantastic. But first up is the princess. Princess party, pizza part, prince pizza party. P I don't really know what it's called. Princess pizza party from Make a Wish Foundation. P P P. Yes, exactly. P -P -P. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. This has been a blast. Thank you. This has been great. And uh, as always, to you and yours this holiday season. <laughs> <laughs> What's With You Scooby-Doo is a member of the Stolen Dress Podcast Network. Visit StolenDress.com to check out our other Stolen Dress podcasts, blogs, tweets, videos, and books.